Hello and welcome to another edition of Ta Talk, where we take teaching theory and turn it into teaching practice. In keeping with our theme for this month of 21st century skills, we'll be taking a look at creativity. 21st century skills are skills that can be, that transcend the classroom. They're not just used in the classroom, they're used in, in students' real lives, they're, they're uh, used in the future, and any jobs, any relationships they're gonna have. So these are skills that if you, they can learn these successfully, they will be able to navigate anything that they come across because they'll have these skills. Creativity is, is a big one of this because creativity is not something that we purposely teach in classrooms very much. Uh, we, we do things that are that require creativity or we, we do things that might involve some creativity, but we're not blatantly teaching creativity. And yet, when you get out into the workplace, there's, you know, businesses in a lot of cases will be expecting people to be creative uh, in what they come up with and what they devise and what they develop. And so knowing how to foster creativity in the classroom is something that can be very viable uh, as a teacher. So what does it mean to be creative first off? So there are several different definitions of creative um, and, and one is not necessarily right. Uh, there's no one universal universal definition. But one thing to keep in mind is that creativity is not just the artistic aspect. So a lot of people think creativity and they think they are, they're a good drawer or they're good at art or whatever. Creativity has to do with the thinking that you do. How creative are you with your thinking? And sometimes this manifests itself through artwork. Sometimes it manifests itself through writing. Sometimes it manifests itself through uh, a product that you have come up that others have not thought about. So to teach creativity is requiring students to, to think differently than people maybe normally would think. So to not take the most obvious answer, but to come up with an answer that maybe others have not thought about or looking at it in a different way. This is what um, the general idea of creativity is and what you should be looking at in your classroom is providing opportunities for students to tap into this creative thinking skill. So. Here is a, a creativity quiz developed by the faculty at Northwest School of Business. Uh, you see the address here. Um, I would invite you to go onto this website and to take this test to see just how creative you are. Um, creativity is also one of those things that when we self-assess ourselves, sometimes we're not necessarily accurate. So we might consider ourselves to be creative, very creative person, but in actuality, we were not as creative as we thought, or vice versa. We might not think ourselves as being creative, but in actuality, we think very differently and we are very creative. So this is just a, um, an awareness, uh, creating awareness in how creative you are as a person. And so th this is a free test, doesn't cost a thing. Um, it's for adult learners, but it, it can help you just, you know, get more metacognition of how creative you are uh, because, you know, it, teaching creative thinking does involve a bit of creativity. So as the teacher, you have to be creative in your lessons that you come up with, the products that you allow students to do, um, they, um, you know, lessons that you're teaching them. So how, how creative are your lessons? So how can you serve creative thinkers or how can you help someone who is a creative thinker in your classroom? So there's numerous things you might try. One strategy is reversing the question answer paradigm. So basically, um, instead of asking questions to which there's a correct answer, you ask students to create the problem. So Model United Nations is one I think that does this very nicely. So you pick a country and you find a problem that exists in that country. 
And then you have to come up with the answer to that problem. So students are not only generating the solution, they're generating the problem as well. So some examples I've given here is how can we grow vegetables without using pesticides? So that would be a, a question that a student might come up with. And then they try to develop answers that will help them to do that. Or how can we feed the world's population in a sustainable way? You notice that these are these are like problem-based learning questions where they're, you're challenging students to think about a bigger problem than just maybe a math problem or how to conjugate a verb or you know how to translate something from a language. You're asking them to be creative with what they come up with. Um, and creative solutions are, are, make, are what make the world go round. So Apple is a perfect example of creative solutions to common things. So they came up with lots of different uh, solutions that others had not thought of and so they were very innovative as a result. A second strategy you can use is what's called inquiry-based feedback. So in this you ask students to uh, instead of doing their likes and dislikes you ask them to give feedback in the, in the form of I've noticed that or why they think this way and how but you have students give each other this type of feedback um, and that they are, you're, you're kind of probing to ask more questions. So if a student brings up something, another student is going to ask why, or they're going to ask how, or they're going to say, what made you come up with that? They're going to keep pushing the inquiry a little bit deeper to where you're getting, you know, not just a surface level answer, but you're getting something that's a lot more in depth. And teaching students to ask these questions of one another and of you for that matter uh, are a good way to work for creative thinkers. So, uh, you know, you may run across that student who asks a lot of questions in your class and it can be annoying at times, certainly, but what you're, what we sometimes are failing to notice is this student is a creative thinker that just is inquisitive and wants to think about different possibilities. And so why can't you explore some of those possibilities? Why can't you do that? The third one is encouraging students to take risks. Um, especially with their creativity. So, you know, the saying is go big or go home. But a lot of times in, in classrooms, we actually dissuade kids from going big. We want them to take the safe way. We want them to be compliant. We want them to make sure they get their work in on time. And they want it to be, want it to be orderly rather than having students take risks and be creative. Um, but when you look at like some of the, the most creative minds out there, they all took risks, whether it's Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg or you know Vincent Van Gogh or Albert Einstein, these guys all and and they're and Madame Curie and they're, they're all of these people took risks and were very creative with the way that they took their risks, and so having assignments that allow kids to uh, fail and yet not you know, uh, be punished for that is very valuable. Uh, this will encourage them to take risk and it will encourage them to use their creativity to try to come up with something that maybe not is the most obvious response to a question or a response to a prompt, but they're going to think outside. And so what you're going to get is really interesting responses or really interesting products as a result. And that's what we want to encourage kids. I mean, you put that kid out in the real world in the workplace and they're coming up with creative solutions to uh, you know, uh, problems that, that their work is, is coming up with, and that person is going to be extremely valuable. The fourth is using art strategies. So I know I said that art is, is not necessarily, creativity is not necessarily art, but art is definitely one way that you can express creativity. And 
myself, I am not a, an artistic person, but I think I think pretty creatively. And so when it comes to artwork, I may not look pretty, but I'm definitely going to look at it a different way. So one way to do that is what's a collage. And this is to take different images and put them together and make connections between these seemingly unrelated objects. Um, so this is a great one in that it, it allows uh, them to make connections to maybe things like words or numbers or scientific elements. But what you're doing is you're putting these random um, uh, ideas on this board and then you're you're asking the students to come up with creative you know, connections. And, and the interesting thing is, is that one student may have a connection this way and another student might see it as this way. And so there are different ways that you can do this. Um, second art strategy that you can consider is what's called a periodolia. And this is when you look at an object and find something that's not really there. Um, so the perfect example of this is you look at the clouds and clouds are clouds. They're, you know, they're not really, no, no one is creating clouds or, or making clouds into shapes, but our minds often will, um, you know, find shapes within the, in the clouds, whether it be, you know, an elephant or a bird or whatever. Um, but you can do this in the, in, the, in the classroom as well. You can ask them to reinterpret a character's mood. Um, so, for instance, if you look at a, a literary character, is there a backstory that they can come up with or, but in, that maybe justifies the way that they acted, um, things of that nature? You can use this in math when you're asking them to make make something out make something out of something that seemingly doesn't make any sense and something that's not there but they can make they can connect that to, to some other form of math or some math that they're going to use in their own life so using art strategies um, are a really good way to foster creativity in the classroom and it doesn't just have to be an art class sometimes it can be a drawing sometimes it but again you have to be careful in that when a student is doing a drawing, are they truly learning from that drawing? Are they just learning how to draw? You, you want to access the thinking um, aspect of their mind. So it's not that they're just drawing this or painting this or whatever, but they are thinking create creatively. They are doing something different or something that's not the norm. A fifth strategy, and one of my favorite, is open-ended tasks. So I do this a lot on my project-based learning, where students are given an open-ended task that has no clear-cut, definitive answer. And then you ask them to come up with solutions. And uh, the really interesting thing about this is that you are going to get so many different possible answers that uh, you know, you're, you're going to have lots of things to talk about. And people will learn from one another, and people will think about things differently. But these open-ended tasks are really good good because what it, it it doesn't have a ceiling it allows kids to go as far as they want to go and explore as much as they want to do so this is a, a nice deep rich activity to foster creativity because if, if the student you know comes up with a solution immediately you might want to push back you know is that your best solution can you think of a more creative solution um, I do destination imagination with a lot of my students and I like destination imagination because the tasks are very open-ended so kids can interpret it in lots of different ways um, and then they have to use their creativity to, to to show what their solution was and how they came up with that and so open-ended tasks are a great way in your classroom that you can do this and it doesn't have to be a large project it can be like a problem of the day uh, where you ask them about something to think about something that's open-ended so you know you could put on the board you know how would you solve hunger in our city and have them ponder that and have them think about that and come up with creative solutions for that. So you can use the creative problem solving process in your class. This is a structure that you can use. 
And there are basically six stages to the creative problem solving process. But if you take an assignment and kind of run it through this, then you can pretty much guarantee that by the end, the students have had to tap into their creativity. So you can see you give them an objective. Uh, you know, and it, oftentimes it can be very messy. Again, open-ended, it's not clear cut. And you, at, you challenge them to try to find a solution to this. So then the second step is that students are fact-finding. So they may be doing research, they may be doing interviews, they might be doing other things to collect data that is going to go towards a solution to this problem. So the third aspect of this is problem solving, where they examine lots of different possibilities for how to solve this problem. So there's not just one, but they're brainstorming all sorts of possibilities. Um, the fourth one is idea finding. So once you have taken this problems and you have maybe hundreds of these or dozens of these, you try to boil it down into an idea that is that is actually pl both plausible and creative. So, you know, kids can be, you, sometimes their creativity cannot be realistic. So. Um, you know, I have students that will say when they're doing invention convention, they want to have an invention where you drink a potion, you're able to fly. Well, we don't have that, you know, that technology right now or that ability right now. So, you know, we, we go back to the problem and what problem are they trying to solve? If it's, it's flying, then maybe there's some other method or other solution to come up with a way for us to be able to fly. The fifth one is solution finding. And this is narrowing it down to the single solution that you feel is best going to answer the solution or this this problem um and so uh, th this is going to mean having to defend yourself um and, and explain why you chose the, the the answer that you did and why you think this and justifying why this one is the best so again now you're accessing those higher level um, order thinking skills of evaluation um, where you're having to actually make a defense for the solution you came up with. And then the sixth step is basically acceptance finding, which means what is your plan for putting this into action? So if someone were to replicate this, your solution, how would they go about doing that? You need to make it clear cut is, you know, these are steps you might go through in order to get to the solution. And these are things that you could do. But the, the, what this process does is it, it allows for creativity while at the same time giving a structure and allowing students to be able to use their creativity, but at the same time having to focus it into something that could be very usable.